Do you need us to clap, Peter? Yeah, we should probably clap. Ready? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I knew it wasn't about us. I was being a smart Alan. <laughs> I was like, if you want anything specific for me, you're going to have to be like, very specific. Do this thing. Recorded live at Tox and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studio, this is a Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicker. I'm Mrs. Vicker. <laughs> well, and we have Peter here. Hey, Pete. Yes, we have our producer... <laughs> And we have the producer of the producer. Woo! Woo! So, uh, uh, yes, people have been wondering, who is these women that put up with these collars? So identify yourself. You already said you're Bullhagen. Do you have a name? I have a lot of names. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter's mom. I'm Grace's mom. I'm Jonah's mom. I'm August's mom. Pastor's wife. Right. Some people call me Julie. Okay. I call you mom. You call me mom. <laughs> My littles call you Miss Julie. That's right. I'm called Miss Julie. Some by people some. call you Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> no. And in, okay. in introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Meg Bauman. I'm uh, Vicar's wife. Vicar 17.0's wife. And, and, and uh, now that you, you've actually in the studio using the studio what is what are your first impressions of the studio i'm blown away by your professionalism <laughs> you know it's it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to record the podcast i'm sure you find cuz it's 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 very easy to just get lost in the spaciousness of the room oh yeah i mean i can really spread out and the luxury yeah the luxury yeah it's yeah it's pretty much professional i mean like if you've seen like ESPN or something like that. So I did bring a beverage. <laughs> I haven't seen ESPN. Sorry. So I did bring some beverages and uh, I don't know who would want what. So if you see something you like, Ooh, grab it. Like a grab bag. Right. Right. So uh, this is what I have here today. I've got a uh, muscle milk. <laughs> I totally, I totally just drank mine. So if I'd known. I have a mandarin. Is that how you pronounce that? Jarritos? You know, three years of Spanish, and I don't know. That's pretty good. I appreciate that you slammed the muscle milk on the table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a... Uh, it does sound It does sound the cap shake well. A uh, Mike's Harder Lemonade. Oh, goodness. Oh. I'm, I'm putting Fun that Fun fact. <laughs> that is just straight up, like, uh, a mixed drink. And uh, we have... We have a, a puree. Aha. So, uh, <laughs> and we also have a, a Pepsi Zero Sugar. We have an RC Cola, and we already have a protein shake. Yep, I had my that was That was downed. So, anybody want any of these? I mean, water is always good. I'm up for some more water. I'm trying to get a gallon in a day. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bullhagen, what would you like? I'll try the Juaritos. The Juaritos. All right, Vicar. All right, what are you gonna have? <laughs> you got two options. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure I trust either one. 
a, a milk-based product that sits on a shelf without a cooler just... Oh, it's cold. It's cold. Open her up right next to the microphone. <laughs> just shake it up. Yeah. Give it a good shake. And uh, I would like to have the Mike's Harder Lemonade, but I'm kind of hoping to clang and bang later this evening. Hit the Freak Factory. So should you have this instead? No, I can't have milk. That's got dairy in it. Oh, that's right. It's got well, all sorts of things I can't well, have. So it's non-dairy. There's probably something in it he can't have. <laughs> How can it be? Let, no, me, let me take a look no, at this. Muscle milk is non-dairy. It says not. It says non-dairy on the front. It says uh, ingredients: water, milk, protein. It's non-dairy. So, so somewhere it's lying. Milk protein. Right. Maybe it's not a cow <laughs> dairy. <laughs> Maybe that's the formula that we were talking about earlier. So, so bullying. What do you think of the Juaritos? It's refreshing. Does it taste like like mandarin there? I don't think it necessarily tastes like a mandarin orange, but it's definitely an orange flavor. And I'm having a zero sugar uh, Pepsi over here. So is that that's a wild cherry Pepsi? So yeah. That uh, hard lemonade actually just gonna sit there like nobody's going for that one. That's true. Meg is I mean, always I feel more like fun. It's up for grabs. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the kids here. And so. she did just finish her breakfast shake. I mean, sorry, her my, supper, my shake. supper shake. All right, it's going to be a good show. <laughs> For the record, I'm drinking leftover Easter beer, uh, Stella Artois, uh, solstice lager. Uh, I'm not sure whether it's different or what. It's t- tasty, though. Okay. All right. Uh, so, uh, Vicar, what did you think of the muscle milk? It's, it's like someone took Nesquik and put chocolate syrup in it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, but it's <laughs> a little thick. A little thick. Well, it just... did say shake well. I did. All right. Let me let me use my muscles. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I had a two a day already. You see, one thing you need to know about uh, uh, Meg <laughs> is she has a new passion in life. What is that new passion in life? I like to lift weights. She's she's lifting weights now. That's true. Like, I mean, I'm I'm still running. I mean, I'm I'm. You know, I want to be an overall athlete. So, uh-huh. You know, there's a lot but, of but, but, like, I mean, you run to get in shape, but oh, yeah. lifting weights is more of your passion. It gets you? under your skin. Yeah. You just crave it. So, what, what's your, your, uh, what was, I know, what was it, what was it that inspired you? Was it the bench press parables that inspired you, or? <laughs> you know, as amazing as that was, um, you know, that, that was moving. It was definitely moving. Uh, but just, Talking with Julie one day about getting back into shape, taking care of myself, you know, for the sake of my kids. And so I started running and then very graciously, you guys got us a membership at the the gym, running inside and look at all this equipment. And you were nice enough to meet us there and show us how to work some stuff. And turns out I like picking up heavy things. And putting them back down again. Yeah, yeah that's true. Carry so so what, what, is, what, like if you had to rank them, is it a bench press? Squats. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy bench. Um, nobody saw that coming. I mean, seriously, like if anyone from my high school heard me talking right now, they would be like, <laughs> I, that's, not, that's not the same girl. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the last week, though, I've just kind of gone back to just the bar. So I'm not doing any weights right now. I'm just focusing on my form and uh, intensity. And actually, I've had some pretty good workouts. Good. So, yeah. It's been good. So, uh... uh S- since you, Julie, since you are finally on the show, 
this is your chance to add whatever you think we've been missing up to this point. Oh, boy. We have the greatest producer ever. And I am biased. Yeah, you've done a good job, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important for people to know that Bullhagen isn't completely the goofball he plays up on the show. He's actually an extremely intelligent, extremely compassionate, caring, giving guy who wants to do for others all the time. But that wouldn't be nearly as entertaining to listen to. It's not true. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enough of that. Let's get to the Vicar, what are we preaching on? (laughs) Let me just take another drink. Keep drinking, Meg. (laughs) We need some content. Keep drinking, Meg. We're going to need some content. (laughs) Sorry, Vicar. It. No, it's okay. We're after Easter, aren't we? Yes, yeah. we are. Yeah, so that so it's second Sunday of Easter, so that'd be John 20, 1931? Yes. Uh, why don't you, you want to summarize that a little bit? It's It's got two main sections, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of, actually, I could even, it's kind of actually almost week by week. So we've got, you know, the so it starts off with the evening of that day, so it's Easter Sunday, and the disciples are in the upper room, the door's locked, and Jesus appears to them. And uh, he, uh, so Jesus appears to them, he shows them his hands and his side, and he says, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and we actually, what, what is that? Is that just, yo, peace, man? What does he mean by that? I'm on the spot with a deep theological purpose, great. <laughs> I mean, peace is so much more than just a greeting. It's, you know, he's, it's similar to how the angels would always greet people, you know, do not be afraid. But and it's and also it's the peace of, yeah, the whole it, peace of God that. It includes things like forgiveness, salvation. Yeah. yeah. The whole reason why he rose from the dead and why that is the greatest news we've ever heard. Right. Right. And then he uh, shows them his hands and his side, which uh, is, shows uh, Mrs. Bullhagen. When he shows them his hands and his side, what does that show? That he was once? It really was his his crucifixion. He really was dead. And now he really is? Alive. Alive. Now I've got Meg nervous. Am I going to have to answer questions? Uh, I got my Sunday school answer ready because it's always Jesus, right? <laughs> yes. There you go. And yeah. so uh, then he breathes on him, the Holy Spirit. Now that breathing is a very loaded word. Breathing. Uh, and you look at the Old Testament, you have breath, wind, spirit, all those things kind of wrapped up. As he breathes on them, the Holy Spirit, and he says, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. And if you withhold, withhold it, they are not forgiven. And so this is a reference, the way we call that. This is what we use in the Catechism as the office of the keys. Now, someone wasn't there with him. Yeah, Thomas was not there. Mm-hmm. And so when he does finally arrive, the you know the disciples who were there tell tell him about what happened, and he's understandably skeptical. And so a week later, Jesus appears again, and specifically shows Thomas. Now, now we I think a lot of times it's easy for the preacher to give Thomas a hard time. Yeah, that, that that's a lot of a lot of times the go to move of the pastor, right? But really, this is for our account because. Um, how many of you, Meg, have you seen Jesus? Not physically. 
Okay. Now, if you wait, had... Wait, are we talking communion? Is that no, a trick question? No, 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 I go to church every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, this is half gone now, so... Uh, yes, if you have more of those, you will see Jesus. <laughs> see something. <laughs> so, so no. And uh, as uh, Thomas was invited by Christ, and he shows them his wound, wounds, and that he was dead and he was alive... You, up to that point, no, uh, Thomas had to trust in the words of the other apostles, the disciples, right? Yeah. And and we trust the words of the apostles, the same dudes, right? So that's for us too. But we may trust the witnesses of Christ because Jesus, Jesus ends this this event by saying what, Vicar? Yeah, um, I'll even just read. He said, you know, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because faith is believing in what you do not see. So, Meg, when you receive the Lord's Supper, you're awake? Yep, I'm here. What does it taste like? Um, I don't know. I guess I never thought about it. Uh, When I had First Communion, um, which I should admit, um, as a... I was a second grader because I was uh, I was raised uh, Catholic and Methodist simultaneously. But when I had first communion as a second grader, I remember my brother telling me, um, you're going to eat cardboard. And uh, so I guess I don't really think about it now, other than if someone asks me, I just remember my brother saying that it's cardboard. So, yes, that actually comes to the words institution. This is cardboard. (laughs) Right. No, (laughs) no. My point is. In faith, we know right. it's the body and blood of Jesus. Right. Now, is it the body of Jesus even if you don't believe? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. But the difference is you don't receive the benefits. So, but in faith, all sorts of things that happen that we don't go by what we see or even taste, we go with what God's word says. And so this is a lesson for all of us uh, to trust in what God's word says and also, then, to trust in what he says when it, when it comes to the forgiveness of sins, the absolution. When Jesus tells his disciples, when you forgive someone their sins, they are forgiven. The word of God doesn't get any more clear than that. They are forgiven. He doesn't say they might be forgiven. They could be forgiven. If you forgive them, their, forgive their sins, they are forgiven. It is as true in heaven as the words you speak on earth. And so as a pastor proclaiming the absolution, it is as if Jesus himself is speaking those words, which is great comfort for everyone who hears those words. And also then it shows a great comfort of private confession absolution. Now you know it it is for you. So, uh, Vicar, do you have anything to add? You're not preaching that. The only other thing I could think of was going off of the the stuff with Thomas and the believing, because at the end of the reading we have, you know, kind of John's little wrap-up section where he says, you know, Jesus did many other signs with the disciples, but these were written so you believe. You know, and that idea of what's the whole purpose of the Bible. Right. So, so yeah, I could think of, you know, just off the top of my head now, three different really good solid ways to go, although it sounds like you're heading the route of the forgiveness angle, which is always a good one. Yeah, it's always a good one. 
I still have about four sermons ringing on my head that I haven't quite nailed down yet. <laughs> Vicar, don't do that. Always make sure by Thursday your sermon's done, <laughs> as I normally do. <laughs> Miss, Mrs. Bullhagen, gotta laugh at that. Bullhagen, I have to follow by example here, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Spill, spill. When as is he going? As far as you know. <laughs> oh, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> I'm gonna want some dinner soon. Can you go make me some dinner? <laughs> Are you trying to get rid of me? It's too bad you're so cute. <laughs> Aww. All right. Uh, so, uh, oh, you want this? I'd like nope. my Pepsi back. Oh. Thank I you. thought she was telling you were going to spill it because you had it teeter-tottering. Well, the thing is about the studio, it's all industrial strength. It's pretty much okay. Pretty <laughs> much the best available. <laughs> I can't feel my toes. So, what, so uh, Meg, what do you think, Iowa? Be honest. Iowa. Iowa. You know, it is so great because it's so close to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> I've never so heard our- somebody... Con- <laughs> <laughs> so, our folks, our family is all in Nebraska. And so, we're spending the last two years in Indiana. That, that should be on our license plate. So, Iowa, so almost close. to Nebraska. You're almost there. You're so close. <laughs> Iowa. At least you know. it's not Missouri. <laughs> right. that, I, that works too. You know, I've never understood why we're not supposed to like Iowa. Um, I've never had any animosity towards Iowa as a Nebraskan. So, yeah, it's been nice so far. A lot of corn and cows. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. Well, we definitely don't look down on Nebraska, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I think elevation-wise, you might be a little bit higher than where we lived in eastern Nebraska. So technically, I mean, I don't know. I might have to look that up. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going off my Mike's Hard Lemonade here. So, uh, Mrs. B- we should go on. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm enjoying this. Mrs. Bullhagen. What? How you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? What, what do you think, Iowa? This is the <laughs> longest I've ever lived anywhere. We love Iowa. Love Iowa. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, anything to share behind the call? The woman behind the collar? Behind the collar? Wait, you're not wearing a collar, no. No. All right, cut all that that, that discussion out, Peter. That was it's the woman. It's still the woman behind the collar. It's just in a different to, way. Next to the collar, because you know, as wife, don't we stand next to you guys? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just yeah. saying. I want a man who stands beside me. Do you remember that country song? You're from Iowa. You should know country I music. I remember that. No. <laughs> Wait, you're not from Iowa. You're from Indiana, which is still, they have a lot of country music in yeah. Indiana. Yeah, you remember, you're talking to someone who kind of uh, opened a sermon with a rap this past Sunday, so. Again. <laughs> Again, um, exactly. Something I about don't. Easter and, like, putting together rhymes. I'm not sure what it is for you. I don't know. I get poetic, man. I get poetic. I mean, I'll, was, I'll still admit, if it wasn't for the cadence of how you were delivering it, I would not have noticed. Which, that's good delivery. Yeah. Because I remember when I used to do poetry in high school. If, yeah, if they if they don't notice, that actually means you're doing your job. That didn't make any sense. <laughs> because <laughs> I, mean, I told Julie I was doing it, and uh, she was like, oh, are you sure that's a good idea? <laughs> was that at sunrise? Because I missed that. Yes. Okay. I thought maybe I Hey, just... maybe I'll throw a clip of it on. Should yeah, I? Yeah, do that. Because I want to hear it. I didn't hear it. Huh? <laughs> Maybe you'll throw it in. <laughs> throw it in there uh, for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> 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 All right. 
We need a snort counter, Vic Peter. It's only been, I don't know how many. It was only two, right? All right. Since I've been in the room. So uh, on behalf of, uh, as we continue our thoughts, my thoughts on the text, and uh, because it talks about Thomas who doubted, I have a top 12 list on that topic. So who wants to do it? Peter, play wait, 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 the... Megan. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. She Julie's had it. it. Julie's got it. Oh, but she Julie's was so got... excited. No, I, I was realize. excited for it. I wasn't oh. like, just... Peter, play the intro. Oh! Peter, play the intro! Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. We have the women here. They're already complaining about the temperature. Can you believe that? So what our Top 12 list is... Like you're shocked. Is, uh... The top 12 ways that you can help you if you struggle with doubt. So, uh, uh, Mrs. Bullhagen, have you ever struggled with doubt? Probably. <laughs> How about you, Vicar? Yeah. <laughs> That's three. <laughs> How about you, Meg? Yes. So how do we handle that? What do we do? How about you, Pete? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what do you do with that is the question. Are you going to tell us? Yes, I'm <laughs> going to tell you. I'm on the edge of my seat. All right. So, and I have 12 of them. Now, I want to let the listener know these aren't necessarily ranked. Okay. These aren't ranked like one is better than the other. They're all good. Actually, some are higher because some are deal with things like the sacraments. So... Those really are carry more weight, but I have 12 of them, and I have those interspersed. All right? Don't burp into the microphone. Don't do or it. Or do. I'll amplify it. <laughs> now, Peter, she wants her husband to get a call. Not in Montana. Thank you. That's way from Nebraska. It's too far from Nebraska. So, so uh, number 12. Number 12. Pray that the Holy Spirit uh, would continue to call, gather, enlighten, sanctify, and keep you in the one true faith. And that, that really comes from, Vicar, where does that come from? That sounds like the small catechism right Smell, there. Sounds like the small catechism where it says, I believe that I cannot, by, by my, my own, own reason or strength. or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. So you're essentially already in the catechism you are admitting there that you cannot believe. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, sanctifies, and keeps in the one true faith. And so if you're struggling with doubt, who is the one that helps you with your doubt? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Right. Okay. So I want to remind uh, uh, Mrs. Vicker that this is an audio medium <laughs> and not a visual medium. Okay. No one on the podcast can see what you're saying. They don't see thumbs I was up. just encouraging my dear, dear friend. Okay. We're also laughing at each other as we burp away from the microphone. <laughs> that is true. All right. And uh, we'll get into how the Holy Spirit works that, and as we get 
through these things. But the important thing I want to bring up with that is, is confronting doubt is not about your own personal power. And when you think of these top 12 lists, it's not like, do these things. But it's a, it all points to the recognition that it is the Holy Spirit that gives us faith in the first part, and two, keeps us in the faith. And so the Holy Spirit is the one that ultimately addresses our doubts. Okay? Any questions? No questions. Okay, yes. Yes, it is an audio medium. Okay? Snort. <laughs> All right. That includes you, Vicar. I'm too used to having Berg here. I don't get a chance to speak. <laughs> Number 11. Identify your doubts and address them early. What do I mean by that? Is uh, It's kind of like this, because ultimately... Doubt is sin. Am I wrong? I don't know. You're the pastor. <laughs> I was looking at Vicar. <laughs> no, no, doubt would be a sin. Doubt is a sin. That is correct. And if doubt is a sin, what happens to sin if it's not addressed? Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. So if you are struggling with doubt, okay, you need to, in a sense, think about it and address it, not letting the doubt grow. So if there's something that brings doubt in your minds about things, about the gospel, about God's word, or anything, it's good for you, as you use God's law as a mirror, to see where that doubt is, what it looks like, so that God's word may address that doubt and not allow that doubt to grow and produce fruits of unbelief. And so part of that is, and, and sometimes it could be a whole host of things. Some things I've, I've heard over the years is someone, uh, sometimes people struggle with the judgment. That can bring doubt because, because when you realize that you're a sinner saved by grace, you struggle with other sinners. Okay? Or perhaps it could be science-related, the creation it could be doubt that your sins are forgiven because you're, you've done some bad sins in your own mind, okay? Whatever those doubts are, okay, you do not want those doubts to, to just go unaddressed, to be allowed to, to be fed by and nourished in any way. You want those doubts to be met head-on in some way, generally by the Word of God and specifically how that Word might answer it, but... But part of using God's law as a mirror, as I mentioned earlier, is to recognize those doubts so they can be addressed. And, and that's, that's part of living a, a baptized life is to, because I don't think we always think about it. We don't think of it as something that needs to be addressed. We think of it as maybe we push it back. Or, or we think, well, I think I'm, I'm kind of right on this, but, but I'll just I'll just kind of push that out. That's kind of what happened with the first sin. Because the first thing Satan says is a question that breeds doubt. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did God really say? And she doubted the goodness of God, right? Yeah. 
uh, all sorts of things. And and so so remember that. that that's that's a good one to to not just let the doubt sit and grow. And uh, vicar for preaching, for example, that's one thing I I don't know if you noticed this or not. Or when I'm teaching uh, adult confirmation or something, I try and, and and do as best as I can to think of what kinds of things bring doubt in people's minds, and I try to address them. Yeah, because because that's part of preaching is you're giving God's word to address whatever doubts people may have, and um, but the only one who's going to really know what they are, ultimately, is as I say often the one keeping your seat warm. Okay, so uh, so number eleven, identify your doubt. Number ten, receive the Lord's supper. Now, vicar, someone might say, "Well, if I'm struggling with doubt, then maybe I shouldn't receive the Lord's supper." What would you say to them? Why wouldn't you want to receive the Lord's supper? <laughs> because That's, this is Jesus's body and blood—the promise He gave us, His physical ability to be with us here and now. Because if, if everyone who struggled with doubt didn't come to the Lord's Supper, who would come? It'd be really lonely up there. Right. Now, certainly you have faith and you believe God's word because we're sinner and saint. We have both in our lives, right? Yeah. But at the same time, if we are weak in our faith, then we need what the Lord's Supper has to offer. And if Jesus said, do this, well, then we should allow Jesus to confront doubt in the way that he shows, in the ways that he gives. Yeah. And that is one way that he gives. Yeah, it kind of, kind of reminds me of the, the last question in the catechism with the 20 Christian questions where it's, you know, discussing communion. And what if I don't f- feel like taking it? And the answer is kind of like, well, are you still alive? Are you still here? Are right. you still Look at sitting? the world around you. Yeah. Poke yourself. Make sure you're still alive. Yeah, just see if your heart is still breathing and how your own yeah. heart won't yeah. give you rest, and yeah. the devil won't stop. Yeah, your doubt does not negate your need to go and receive. Right. And so, you know, if you if you struggle with doubt, rather than, because what, what can happen is people who struggle with doubt will say, I just need a, a break from those things so I can clear my head. And that's the last thing you need. That's the last thing you need. You need to continue to hear, continue to receive, because that is how God, in his means of grace, offers it, how he gives us, how he strengthens us. So number 10 is quite simple. Receive the Lord's Supper. Any questions from lady, from the ladies specifically? Not a question, but it just kind of reminds me of my childhood. Um, we would have to go to confession before... Uh, receiving communion and it was like you had to clean yourself up before you could take communion and I think that's one thing I found um, comforting in confessional Lutheranism that um, I am who I am and Jesus accepts me anyway and he wants me to you know come forward Um, I do notice sometimes when we're visiting somewhere if they don't have confession absolution and I'm always like ah because by the time I get to Sunday I'm like I need that it doesn't feel like you've been to church if it's not part of the service right okay so, uh, all right. How about you, Julie? Anything that's hit home with you so far? Uh, doubting is the time when you need the Lord's Supper the most. All right. Number nine. Talk to your pastor. Okay. Um, and, and actually, this is actually good behind-the-collar stuff. 
And, uh, and, and so I would encourage my wife, like if she were to struggle with doubt, that it, I would be fine with her talking to another pastor. Yep. Be, right? Yep. If I felt like I needed to talk to someone besides you, I could do that. Yeah. So that, that you know. But I can also ask you to put your pastor hat on and I can talk to you that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a, it's what is it? It's like a 10 gallon hat and yeah. it, it's got a. <laughs> it's black with the white square on the front. Right. It's got a barbell picture on the sign. <laughs> yeah. See, Last you side, joke, yeah. but remember you had a former vicar that did have a pastor hat. That's true. That's true. Oh, really? I'd like to hear this. Yeah. He had a, he had a, what kind of hat was that? Fedora. Fedora. And it had like a, the, the black thing around it, but then he put a little white. Oh, yeah. He put a little white square on okay. the black ribbon. Yeah. Like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Everything about him is pretty cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was pretty much my favorite vicar. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are better than others, you know. That's like picking a favorite <laughs> child. You don't have a favorite vicar. I think I have always wondered about that. Though, That's what with, we tell with people. pastors' wives. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think of your husband as your pastor? Because I think I, I might struggle with that. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not like done with this process yet. But oh, I'll give you an example because sometimes, so, sometimes, uh, sometimes you do need to hear it from someone else. So I found, for example, that there were times where. We would say stuff to our children, and they would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm then sure. they, they'd hear it at, from a teacher. Sure, sure. Or something, and they would, or someone else, and then they would kind of buy it, you know? It's like when Lydia hears something from Miss Julie as opposed to just her mom. She's more yeah, likely to listen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you could be, you have, you talked with your husband about so many different things yeah. that every once in a while, you know, am I just living in a strange aquarium? You know, <laughs> right. I, I need to I need to hear that from someone right. else. Right, right. So, so Mrs. Bullhagen, how many times do you hear about uh, what this guy said in confession? <laughs> never, never. There's a very clear line between him as a pastor and him as a husband and dad, and those two do not cross. Yeah, this is a great discussion. All right. <laughs> I'm getting comfortable in my chair. <laughs> I had to say that because this is a, an audio. All right. So that's a, that's a good point. This is a good lesson behind the collar stuff. All right. Good question, Pete. Thanks for doing that. Um, and that is, yes, for example, there are times where a pastor is struggling with something or whatever. And uh, there could be a, a lonely time for the wife because she just sometimes he just has to say it's a pastor thing. Sometimes we're preoccupied, and quite frankly, it's none of your business, which is really hard for a wife, because they really want to know everything that you're struggling with. Only because we want to help bear the burden, but I don't want to know what right. the stuff is from church. Because that would put you in an awkward position. You're not good at hiding things. <laughs> but it's just, it's stuff I don't want to know. I don't want to think differently of people because of knowing things that... yeah that you know about them. I don't want to know. And by the way, by the way, when I say struggle with it, it's don't think that in any way that by talking to your pastor, that's a struggle for him or anything like that. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about, but there are times where we wrestle with things that we just kind of have to wrestle with it. And, uh, to be able to tell my wife, it's, you know, I'm wrestling with a pastor thing right now. And it might make me a little more quiet or you could tell I'm preoccupied with it. And just to make sure it's nothing about you or anything like like that, 
but uh, but uh, and it's something maybe I think at first when we were you were a pastor's wife, it was a little difficult for you because you, you want to know what it is. That's not that you want to know the details, but it always kind of felt from the, at the beginning as though there's something between us that you just that was in the way. Something that, was coming between us. Right. That, you know, you wanted to be everything to be open and honest as any married couple would. But then to be able to say, no, that's it's my thing. And I don't want to burden you with it because what uh, just continue to be, you know, a loving, supporting wife as you are. That's what I need. It was hard early in the marriage. Uh, we were married just between Greek and first year of seminary. So I was along for the ride right from the very beginning, and it was really... 19 years old when we got married? Almost 20. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was hard because you're learning already how to share life together, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hear about your day, and I wanted to help you in any way I could help you, and there were things you couldn't tell me, and that was that was tricky to deal with for a while until we figured out... It was okay as long as you shared the parts you could share, like you went to the nursing home and visited people or whatever. You shared what you could, and then you just tell me there's other stuff that's pastor stuff, and that way you included me where you could. Right. So. But it's not an easy thing to learn, I'm sure, with, I'm sure it's not just us that struggles with that. Because, you know, because we married so young, and I was a pastor so young, and you were a pastor's wife at 23, you know. That you almost, in a sense, we grew up in it. Yeah. Number eight. It's simple. Learn more of the Bible. The reason why I say that is, is when you're struggling with doubt, there really are, the more you study the scriptures, the more you you see how it does speak for itself. You know, do you have any examples that comes to your mind when you look at scripture, how every time you look at scripture and you take a deeper look, the more you see it's interconnected, you see how all the this, the biblical writers inspired by the Holy Spirit um, share a common theme, and it really does address uh, many of those things. You, you, can you think of any examples, Vicar? Like specifically with doubt? No, just, or just, in just uh, something in general. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, I've been going through the Old Testament with the confirmation students who have been talking about the, the uh, prophets recently mm-hmm. and how so many of them— have similar themes, they use similar words, and quite a number have a lot to say about either the Messiah or the end. And so there's so much there. It's like there's there's no way that there wasn't a common author being God mm-hmm. with all of this. You know, or even going back further, looking at the promises made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, looking at David and all of that family. You know, there's so many, so many little things where once you get to the New Testament and then look back, it's like, oh, that, that's how that connected. Right. So so the more you, you look at it, you study it, you learn, the more it does address some of the issues. Yeah. Just simply at least doing this, of, of seeing how Scripture holds together and how it truly is the Word of God so that there is a, it carries a, a more of a tr- trust issue with you, that I can really trust this. And, and if you don't have trouble trusting it, that's where you go back and you address, you know, yeah. where that doubt might come from. I think it's helpful just to see other people having doubt in the Bible that you know it's not just you. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good example of, of Thomas, for example, struggled with it. 
and and Jesus in love addressed it. You can't you can't read the Bible and and how every great man or woman of faith the Bible goes out of the way that they struggled. Yeah. Every one of them that they're flawed that that the only way that they were saved by the power of God. Whether it's Abraham he, he, how he struggled. Yeah. You know, with a promise that uh, God was going to grant him a son, he and Sarah. You could think of David. You know, you could yeah. think of Moses uh, in the wilderness. Yeah. Even though he was uh, he was not allowed to get into the promised land. Um, and, uh, you know... Uh, Job struggled. Jacob struggled. I mean... Even Mary struggled. If, we'd probably have a shorter list to pick who didn't struggle. We wouldn't have a list. <laughs> See, short list. <laughs> right. Yeah, even Mary, you know, think of when she lost Jesus, mm. you know, or, uh, or, go ahead. But if you've ever lost a child, you'd know. <laughs> it's very terrifying. It's no, very, it's very <laughs> scary. <laughs> I mean, you were present for the one episode, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait, we have a fifth kid, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I count heads a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Four. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Private confession absolution. Now that that might go in hand in hand with talking with your pastor, right? Sure. But but to know that as you struggle with a doubt or doubt, to know that as a sin, as we mentioned before, that that sin is forgiven certainly strengthens. And there's something about that process I want you to think about. Because if you have doubt and it's not a struggle for you, it's not something you repent of, then what happens? Just like we talked before, it grows. It sows the seeds to to unbelief. And so, as I mentioned before, to address it, but in a private confession absolution setting, it is really addressed. You know? And uh, it is addressed with the words of Jesus, as we talked about earlier. If you forgive someone their sins, they are forgiven. And so private confession absolution is a chance and a safe place where you know that, uh, you know, that it's not going to be heard by anyone else to hear that Jesus forgives your sins. And also your pastor in that setting will also provide what God's word has to say about whatever particular doubt you might have. And that is a really a, a wonderful way if you're struggling with doubt um, that God has given us to deal with it. Specifically, if someone says, you know, I, they, I'm, I doubt I'm forgiven. How can I know I'm forgiven? Well, well what did Jesus say? I said earlier, is, is, can Jesus be any more clear than what he says in that passage in John chapter 20? No. Oh. Number six. Listen intently to the sermons. Now, and I just, I just. That, that's that's going to be difficult. Right. If you have five kids. I know. I, and as soon as I said that, <laughs> I felt eyes audience. just like blowing through my face <laughs> and blowing out the back of my head. Because even with Miss Julie's help, I still don't hear a lot. I'll have to ask Adam later. I'll be like, okay, so what did we learn today? <laughs> <laughs> it's great when he preaches because I get to read the sermon first, so I know. The first draft or the last draft? <laughs> oh, that's true. It is the first draft, usually. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you should you should hear it when I'm done with it. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> hey, no offense, Vicar. No, none taken. <laughs> they at least haven't gone through the shredder yet. <laughs> That's what Vicarage is for. Uh, the, the one yeah. that actually I must I don't I don't always completely enjoyed like dashing a Vicar's hopes and dreams. But you know when you, you you could tell they worked really hard on intro and you say like that first three paragraphs. If you took that out, what are you missing? <laughs> yeah, and what ninety percent of the time you're missing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but it's my true. point is that but that all right. How about some time of correction for you, right? You know, just because your parent doesn't need mean you don't need to hear it. Oh no, you need to hear it. It's just a lot harder to hear it right during the church service right so sometimes i listen on online later and i know there's a it's kind of funny me telling people to listen intently to sermons (laughs) (laughs) anyways did i leave the iron on at least you don't fall asleep when you're preaching that's true during during your own sermon falling asleep that's a bad sign yeah that is a bad vicar if you ever fall asleep during your own sermon i was gonna say has anyone ever done that Oh, uh, I'm probably. sure it's had. It has. <laughs> I'll be quiet. <laughs> no, this is a podcast talk. All it's I... a it's a audio medium. <laughs> all, all I can think of is I've got a Five. couple. I've got at least one professor who will interrupt himself during lectures and say, "This is boring." Let's talk about space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, w- would that happen so... in his own sermon? So number six is listen intently to the sermon and trust God's word. That it does what it says it does. Vicar, you're shaking your head. Uh, bring those into words. You're nodding. I mean, it's it goes back to what we've been saying this whole time. You know, trusting ex- that this is it, what it means. You know, even going back to the gospel reading. You know, could Jesus be any clearer? You know, when when the word of God says your sins are forgiven, that's literally what it means. There's there's no secret agenda. There's no hidden meaning. There's no, well, first do all of this. It's, it is. Yeah. And, and so, so really, when I said earlier, you know, confronting doubt is not about a personal exercise of overwhelming them, you conquering them. It's about God's word and the Holy Spirit working through that word to create, sustain, and sustain faith. Number five. Understand that your feelings often betray and mislead you. Okay? All right. So, Meg, remind yeah. us this is an audio medium. Yes. So you were yes. shaking your heads. What what thought was behind that? Um, I've dealt with depression and anxiety for a lot of years, and uh, that's something I've had to come to grips with, is that my feelings often aren't accurate. So. And so, because sometimes doubt could be like a logical thing, right? Sure. I, I don't understand in your own mind why this could be this way. Yeah. But often, probably even more so, uh, that uh, doubt comes from, well, I don't just feel that that's right or yeah. that, that brings some sort of dissonance within me. Sure. And so so to, to hear God's word and trust God's word over and above your own feelings about certain things yeah is very helpful in addressing those bouts. You know, I've, 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 we've often, Julie and I have actually talked because she's she's also has struggled with those things in the past. And she would say things, she doesn't say it so much anymore, but she would say, I don't know, I feel so distant from you. And I go, hey, 
here I am. I'm right here, he says. Uh, I could stand closer, you know. I don't have any problem getting as close as you want, you know. Um, so so uh, in, the, in the same way, people could feel that way, whether it's depression or, or any other type of thing that, that says that brings in doubt. A lot of times it's just sometimes emotions and it's hard for us to say my feeling on that even though it seems real to me is also wrong mm-hmm. yeah it's a real feeling but your perception is wrong right and so and so that and, and the whole point of that is not that you it's not a mental thing where you say okay i'm going to overcome my doubts but it is a way for you to hear the word of god with open ears mm-hmm. and to hear it to overcome and overwhelm how you might feel. So if you don't feel forgiven at the Lord's Supper, what does Jesus say? You are forgiven. If you don't feel forgiven, when you go to the pastor in confession absolution, what does Jesus say you are? Still forgiven. So so your your feelings and your emotions may betray you and mislead you. And 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 to be mindful of that. Well that's why we're taught to pray, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, your you know, your will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, when Jesus is in the garden, he he his feeling is that of, you know, sorrow, terror, pain. You know, he knows it's going to hurt, mm-hmm. extremely, and he asks, you know, if there's another way, let's do that. But then he immediately follows up with, "Not my will, but your will." You know, not my emotion, your reality. Right. Number four. Drown the old Adam in the waters of baptism. Okay. This is an audio... I was dunking Adam. Okay. Drowning him. Ha ha. Yes, the old See, Adam. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> so that a new Adam may arise. It's kind of like Vicarage. He comes into Vicarage, the old Adam. He leaves Vicarage, the new Adam. With a mustache. <laughs> Six. <laughs> All right, so... Um, what do we mean by that vicar drowning the old? We don't mean drowning the vicar, no. I <laughs> no. get in trouble for that. Probably. What do we mean by that? Uh, the the old Adam in scripture is kind of a way to ex- talk about our sinful human nature, our our fallen self. Right. And you know, in baptism, you know, that human nature, that sinful nature has been drowned. Right. And not quite literally like we think of, oh yeah, you've you're now underwater and dead, but you're no longer just a sinner. Because because a part of the old Adam is, by nature, we are ones who will doubt yeah. God, right? Yeah. By nature. I'm reminded of a, a, the, the, the big hit that was sung called uh, Concupiscence. 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 The big hit. <laughs> I missed out on that oh, one. Oh, you, you missed. There's an episode that has uh, uh, catechetical karaoke. You should listen to it sometime. <laughs> I, I, Gotta go back and listen. <laughs> I, I need just that track, just so I can play it at seminary and just annoy everyone. There you go. Get it stuck in everyone's head. Because the, 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 we are born with a sinful desire that doubts. And, and how is that addressed? Through the waters of baptism to this day yep. still flows for you. Number three, uh, look at the seed of that doubt and address it. And what I mean by that is, okay, um, is 
is there might be certain places or instances or people or TV shows or YouTube or the Tiki Talks um, that, uh, that, that might cause you to have doubt. Try not to snort. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, uh, and so to be aware of the instances or the places where you might say, this is not a healthy place for me. This situation, this time, these instances that I willingly put myself into has caused me to doubt in some way or question or not hear God's word as it is meant to be heard and to be mindful of it. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, he taught us lead what? Yeah, lead us not into temptation. And and that's a, that is a reminder that that uh, there are times where you kind of walk through the valley of the shadow of death because you have to. There are times where you willingly make yourself go through that and it's not good for you. And to be mindful of those things. It isn't good for me to be here. Or it isn't good for me to do this. Uh, it isn't good for the whatever reason that leads me or causes me to struggle with doubt in, in, in such a way. And to be mindful of that even before you get into those situations. Because when it comes to sin or when it comes to doubt, what we do is we like to leave the door open a little bit, don't we? Leave it open. I don't want to slow. I'm, I'm not going to do it again, but I'm not going to slam the door closed here. Number two. Surround yourself with voices of faith. And this is kind of the other side of that. Remember how I said don't put you in places that causes those things, right? On the other hand, surround yourself with encouragement and people who do support you, who are people who who uh, encourage you to, to help you to hear what God's Word has to say or point you in the right direction, who will be honest with you, for example, and tell you what you might need to hear in a helpful way. Because, you know, we are not meant to be alone. We are called the body of Christ for a reason, you know. Uh, we are meant to be a flock together. And, uh, and so surround yourself with, with those places and those situations. That, that are beneficial to you. And number one. Go to church. <laughs> because really all of those things are encapsulated in that. Uh, I have noticed at times when people struggle with doubt, the, one of their inclinations to do is to not go to church. And uh, don't let yourself do that. Because that's where you need to be the most, right then? That's where you need to be the most. And uh, and to be able to address it. But like I said earlier, the biggest thing is when you have doubts is to, to, to meet them. To not let that doubt grow. To address it with the Word of God. To pray that the Holy Spirit, as He has promised, would work through that Word. To, to change you. Change your heart and mind through your pastor. Through the means of grace. Through the Lord's Supper. And... Uh, and that is number one. Now, I do have an honorable mention that it just didn't quite make the list, okay? And it's a, it's a kind of a more of a rough one. 
uh, but it is uh, get over yourself. You're not as smart as you think you are. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yes, I doubt because of this and this and this. Well, you know, I, I struggle with that. And what you're doing is, oh, yes, I am so smart. I can outthink the word of God. I can outthink uh, all these things. I can outthink God and what he's promised. No, get over yourself. Get over yourself. <laughs> you're not as smart as you think you are. So, Vicar, anything I missed? Only things I can think of would be more details to any of the points, so no. Okay. All right. So, uh, ladies, Bullhagen, Bauman, how would you describe this experience? I mean, pretty much life-changing. <laughs> I feel like I'm never going to be the same. All right. How about you, Bullhagen? I probably wouldn't have gone quite that far. <laughs> Seven? My thought was it's it's warm. I'm warm. It is warm in here. Like that every week. Yeah. I sure it's not just me. I'm. Yes. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> just the proximity. <clears throat> so before we wrap up, though, I, I have something that I need to get off my chest. I got to chew out our uh, associate producer. Hannah, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that you didn't post the meme you made to Facebook on Easter morning. <laughs> What's about, what is all that about? You made the meme oh. and then you didn't post it? I've got the like statistics. Have- Tons of people went to Facebook to look at the meme and there was no meme. <laughs> Could I have posted it? Yeah, but it's your job now. <laughs> oh my. I feel like as a mom of small children, I need to stand up for dear Hannah because, you know, there's a lot going on in your house. So That's yeah. no excuse. Associate <laughs> producer comes first. Children come second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the podcast is the most important thing, okay? <laughs> yes. Either either you're with you're with the clerical heirs army or you're not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure we can trust Hannah to be our AP anymore after such a huge... Oh, hey, a huge, oh, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, uh, okay. Peter, she's probably waiting for her cookies. Oh. Oops. Or the bath... Mm. Is it the bath soaps? Wait, the wait, yeah, we, yeah, like or we're, the, the like we're masters packets? of carrying things out. I think she was supposed to get some sugar-free syrup, wasn't she? Yes. Is that uh, still sitting behind so. you? I think it is. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, it's here in a gift bag. It's yeah. here. So I think... So, We'll get it to her eventually. All right. I don't know. You said it was a pretty bad picture of you, so maybe it's not so bad that it didn't get posted yet. Well, yeah, but I'm. I mean, you know, I I made my peace with it. It's not. It's not a good picture. But you know, what am I gonna do? Not post it? Well, yeah, because Han has to post it. But what am I gonna do? Prevent it from being posted? No, I have to give the clerical errors army what they want. Whether I like That's it or right. not, it's my job as a producer, and it's the job of an associate producer to carry it out. You're man enough to have that bad picture out there in the world. That's right. Now I really want to see it. But you can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm broken hearted. <laughs> All right. Well, I, we need to go so I can still have time to hit the Freak Factory tonight. So Is that what you call the wellness center? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. You spend a lot of time there, Megan. You haven't become a freak yet. Oh, no. yeah, she has. It's usually just me and some physical therapy patients. 
Oh, what do you mean? It's turning into a, a weight freak. You're you're getting into it though. I mean, I'm I'm pretty addicted. So yeah, it's an everyday thing. So that brings us to the conclusion of our show. Thank you to Bullhagen, uh, Mrs. Bullhagen and uh, Mrs. Bauman for your contributions today, and uh, and you too, Vicar, for being here. Um. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he had a choice. Yes, and and I just I just really want to appreciate publicly, you know, the amount of patience and kindness and love that I show to my wife is uh, overwhelming. It, so. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> Berg's not here to say it, but it's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. So that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Bullhagen. Uh, you forgot something. What? What if somebody wants to get a hold of us? Oh. Well, uh, oh. Uh, uh, Meg, Meg, where could they this. get a hold of us? Oh, they can email us at feedback at clericalerrors.org or on Facebook at Clerical Errors Podcast or on Twitter at Clerical Errors P, P for podcast. At me, bro. <laughs> And you can also support us on Patreon. That is true. So, uh, that being said, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Vicar. I'm Mrs. Vicar. And uh, may the wife behind the collar enjoy a lovely beverage. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.